You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Too Bad Tourists. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Travel Chat. My name is Austin. I am one half of the travel blogger duo Too Bad Tourists. I'm one of your hosts, and your other co-host here is David, sitting next to me from Madrid. Hello, everyone. We are back recording together this time. I think, was it last our last episode we were Yeah, I was in Orlando, separately. and you were here, I think. So we're both back in Madrid, ready to go on our next episode. But um, originally, we were going to talk to Rika Jean-Francois. Uh, she's the corp- ITB's Corporate Social Responsibility Commissioner, and she's going to tell us all about ITB, and especially about the LGBT travel segment. Uh, Which is the largest travel trade show in the world. So we're really looking forward to, to talking with her, but unfortunately she had to cancel last minute. So uh, I'm sure we'll be able to have her back on for season two, which will start again uh, later this year. Yep. So hopefully we'll get to that. But the good news is that we will get to take this opportunity to give you the lowdown on our home city of Madrid so you can plan your own future vacation. So today we're going to share everything you need to know about visiting Spain's largest and most queer friendly city. So we'll tell you where to stay, where and what to eat, what to see, where to party and when to come to Madrid. So um, we have all the insider knowledge because we've been here for nine years now. So I hopefully, not believe it has been nine I know, years. We've learned a thing or two. If wow. we're experts on any travel destination, it, it is, should it be this one dread. more than anything else. And so on that note, let's start off with a few facts about uh, Madrid that I think are, are quite interesting. So Madrid wasn't originally the capital city of Spain, although it is today, but it used to be Toledo or Toledo in just 30 minutes south of Madrid. And then in the 16th century, they changed the capital to Madrid. Uh, we also have the oldest restaurant here, uh, Restaurante Botín, which was opened in 1725, and it has the Guinness Book of World Records uh, So oldest by meaning it's been continuously running since 1725. That's how they define that? That is what I understand. Very, very good. Um, and we also are quite known for our seafood, which is really unusual because we are a landlocked city quite far from the coast. And the reason is because we have the second, uh, largest seafood market in the world after Tokyo. And we are one of the highest capital cities in Europe. And I'm not. Where is that seafood market? I've been here nine years and I've never Vallecas. seen it. It's in like, oh, okay. Pueblo de Vallecas. Yeah. You actually can't, I was just reading this yesterday. You actually, it's not open to the public. You have to uh, get, okay, that's um, like special permission. You could do a tour, but it's yeah. for, uh, whereas like Tokyo, buyers. it's famous for people who go yeah. like in the early mornings to watch. But crazy. you do know we have amazing yeah. seafood, seafood, right? You yeah, wouldn't just yeah, eat yeah, seafood yeah. anywhere in the middle it of is, the US. It's always, but, it's always delicious and fresh. Okay. Um, we are also one of the highest capital cities in Europe. And I'm not just talking about all the drugs. Use. I'm talking about that <laughs> elevation. Um, and speaking of drug use, we have the largest gay pride event in all of Europe as well. <laughs> oh my God, David. You know there's a lot of drugs in the city. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so those are some fun, interesting facts about the city. But uh, we're going to focus on uh, helping you plan your trip and especially the gay places to go as well. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of Madrid... We are actually speaking of Madrid because I'm going to talk (laughs) about the whole episode today. (laughs) So did you like my transition? Speaking of Madrid, I'm going to talk about Madrid. So (laughs) in 2023, we are actually going to host our own uh, gay group trip of Madrid. And it's going to be in September 2023. Um, So after the success of our hosted trip this year in Barcelona, which just happened in May 2022, we're going to do the same thing uh, in Barcelona, but also in Madrid next year. So uh, we expect to open reservations and probably August, but it's going to be great. It's going to be similar to Barcelona, where we're going to have six nights, seven days. 
We're going to do a couple of day trips to Toledo and maybe Segovia. We're going to stay at the AXA Hotel and just have lots of uh, fun and eat lots of good food and drink lots of good wine. Yeah, so hopefully this episode will inspire you to plan your own trip and give you ideas uh, for you to come on, you know, whenever you want. Or, you know, it'll inspire you to come join us on our trip next year that we always have a great time hosting groups. So it's going to be fun. Definitely. So stay tuned for that announcement uh, that will be coming out later this summer. Um, so if you like our show, please be sure to subscribe to it on Colin and give the episode a like with the heart icon once it's published. And remember, you can always follow us on social media. We're always at Too Bad Tourists, except for on TikTok, where we are Too Bad Tourists, but we don't really do anything. <laughs> so well, follow are, us everywhere well, else. we are still at Too Bad Tourists, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, please feel free to leave a comment about what you want to hear more of uh, for future episodes. Somebody asked me if we were, the other day, if we were... Um, on YouTube, like if we're YouTubers, like we're on there, there are videos, but it's not like our main. We're not YouTubing all the no, time. I was like, it exists. We use it, we use it sparsely. <laughs> yeah. And we use TikTok even oh my less God, sparsely. Way less. Anyway, so uh, let's start off with a little bit of uh, an overview of the city. All right. So this is my transition from That's Madrid you, to yeah. Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of Madrid. Speaking of Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh madrid i guess when you're talking about internationally madrid is perhaps not as well known of a gay destination as me of course is in catalonia and the northeast on the coast um but the truth is that madrid is actually a bigger city it's the capital city so it actually has twice the population and it has way more offerings uh for nightlife perspective as well as lgbt venues and shops and and everything and, and honestly uh barcelona actually over the years um those kind of a, a lot of the, the queer spaces, um, they still have plenty. But Madrid, I mean, probably has like three or four times the quantity. Uh, not a lot of people know that. Um, I think some people in Europe tend to know that. But globally, Barcelona has sort of a, a, a big reputation just because I think it's known for tourism more than Madrid. But Madrid yeah. is still awesome. And, and, and Barcelona is amazing, too. It is. It is. A, you know, trying to shit talk Barcelona. No, no, no. Fantastic. We're, we're just, different. I'm just trying to, to make the point that the reputation for Barcelona as a gay destination is, mm-hmm. is, is actually more than Madrid, but yeah. Madrid actually has a lot more. So yeah, Barcelona just, overshadows yeah. Uh, Madrid and, and maybe in, in a wrong way. And because you could actually go out literally any night of the week uh, to a gay club Absolutely. in Madrid. And that's not the same as I understand in, in no, Barcelona. No. Yeah, so Madrid, of course, is a fantastic destination. We've lived here for nine years. We wouldn't uh, say it is if it wasn't. Um, we wouldn't has, be here if we were not either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has amazing uh, local neighborhoods, um, art. It's very well known for art. We'll talk about the gay scene. And it has really beautiful weather. It's sunny and warm and dry. Um, it's a very vibrant city that doesn't sleep. Uh, it's not uncommon on any night of the week, but, but mostly on weekends to see people walking home from the party at 6, 7, 8 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, I woke up this morning. Uh, I went to the gym at seven thirty in the morning, and I was walking down Gran Via toward my gym, and I saw three people coming home from the club. Yeah, absolutely. Well, today is Wednesday, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Hello, good morning." Yes. So, um, and just lastly, Chuaca is the name of the gay neighborhood or the gayborhood, uh, which is of course the center of the LGBT community in Madrid, where you'll find the highest concentration of gay bars and nightclubs and and shops and venues. But the the entire city is is very uh, LGBT friendly and just super gay. So we'll talk a little bit about our, our experience uh, here, how we ended up here. We mentioned it, I think, a little bit in episode one, but we'll do kind of a 
quick overview again of, of how we ended up here. And then, and then we'll give you the main chunk of the information, all the recommendations and tips uh, so you can plan your own trip or you can look forward to, uh, to, to know what you can look forward to if you come travel with us. So we first came to visit in 2012 when we did that year round, uh, that round the world trip for a year um, where we visited, I don't know, how many countries? Oh gosh, about 35 countries in a year, which is way too many. Way too many. And, uh, but Madrid was one of our destinations, one of our stops. Um, Spain was one of those countries. And so we absolutely loved it. So we came back uh, the next year in 2013 and we moved here. Um, and the things that stood out to us, especially on that trip, you know, where we were traveling for a year, we saw a lot of different places, amazing places. Yeah. Um, then, and some of them would be, most of them would be fantastic to live in as well. But what for us personally stood out um, about Madrid that we liked was uh, one of the big things was the LGBT scene. Um, I don't think we had ever seen any like a, one that was so uh, visible, so apparent, and not just in the neighborhood of right. Chueca, but all around the whole city. Right. So we visited 10 years ago, and in no other city that I had been to was it super common to see same-sex couples just holding hands together everywhere in the city. I'd never been to a city like that Um yeah, and also it was ten years ago, and I think you know the world times are changing for as sure, well. Yeah. Um, I think you see that more and more, more and more all around, and especially in big cities. Um, but at that time, and, and right. even still today, it, that's just something that stands out to to both of us. Um, and and the lifestyle—it's it's just a laid back lifestyle. Where you know, coming from the U.S. perspective, where it feels like most people live to work, and here it's the opposite: you work so that you can have the life that you want. You work to live, and we really vibe with that uh, sort of lifestyle. Other things um, it's a a big city, but uh, it's very walkable. And we were living in Chicago before we moved to Madrid and Chicago is not nearly as walkable. It has great public transit. You can get around easily without a car, but the neighborhoods are very spread out. So if you want to go from boys town, the gay neighborhood to downtown, you know, I mean, you're not going to walk it. No way. 20, 25 minute, uh, train ride and yeah so exactly I, but here i love the city Chicago, yeah madrid is so compact and we've amazing. got great public transit so you don't need to live in the center but if you are living in or around the center you can walk everywhere and that's fantastic um we also wanted to learn spanish and the english is a little bit low here so that worked out for us it was one of the things that um that really drew us in i mean that was really the main reason why we stayed in madrid and in fact you always say that we wanted to learn spanish it was actually I did. you I wanted to learn spanish on that too. and i said yeah sure i don't care i'll learn spanish i'll learn german i'll learn portuguese i don't give a fuck so uh so we could so, just so basically the goal was after at the end of our one year around the world trip we were going to choose a spanish-speaking destination to stay in for three to six months to learn the spanish that we talked about and uh out of all the cities Madrid is the one we chose. And I actually distinctly remember before we had visited, we had visited Mexico City, which was possibly on our list, but we hadn't visited other places like Buenos Aires or Santiago Mm -hmm. in Chile. And, but before visiting those places, I stepped out of the metro in Madrid, which was in the Chueca neighborhood. And I'm not even kidding you. Within 30 seconds, I looked around like I had this gut feeling and I knew I'm like, this is it. This is the city I'm going to live in. This is We're going to come yeah. back here and we're going to live not for nine years, for three to six months. Uh, but then it turned into nine years and It was counting. tribunal, right? Getting it was, yeah. Tribunal. Tribunal. I remember that yeah. as well. I think you're looking at, at Calle Fuencarada, yes. right? And you're just like, yeah. I love this already. So we had to do it. So tell them how we did it. Yeah, so quickly, um, because I would want to know, how. whenever you know people move abroad, I always want to know, how do you do that logistically? How do you do that legally? Right. 
Um, and so well, the way that we did it, uh, we got a French visa to a French tourist visa to start because Austin's family is from France and he has some cousins and aunts, uh, that are still, um, living in France. Uh, right. His grandma's, uh, immigrated to the U S right. Well, and so for context, if for most countries around the world, when you come to the EU or Spain, you can only stay for a maximum of three consecutive months. You can't stay longer than that. So what the French tourist visa did is it gave us a year in Did it give Europe. us a year or six? It gave us a year, one year. It gave us one year, which technically means we, we should have spent most of that time in France, but it does give you time to travel within the EU. So it gave us more flexibility, um, enough time to be here legally and then have time to apply for the Spanish. Yeah, visa. we cheated a little bit. Yeah, I'm was, sure that a, was a great area. It's a little we bit of a gray area. France. Yeah, or, but, but we actually for did, sure we cheated there. But because we were traveling around a lot, um, I, I, it, it worked out and I think... Um, it didn't really cause us any, but problem. yeah. But then uh, after that, um, I started working for the Ministry of Education uh, here in Spain, and they have a program um, called Exiliares de Conversación. So it's like language assistance, and um, I worked as an assistant teacher through that program for um, three years, more or less. Um, and that gave us that gave me a student visa. Um, although I wasn't a student, I was just the assistant teacher. But right. they gave you a student visa. Uh, so that you could be part of that program. And so that's how I was here legally. And then we got married. Um, do you remember what year? It must have been 2013. Uh, I think we start. Yeah, I mean, we started the process uh, the first year we were here. It yeah. took time because it took like nine months before we could finally get married because of all yeah. the paperwork. And so we went to a small town called Rasca Fria in the north because in the U.S., uh, same-sex marriage wasn't legal yet. So we right. got married here in Spain. That got you your uh, like uh, same visa as me because we were legally yeah, married. Exactly. And then from there, um, I got a one-year temporary resident uh, visa with permission to work by working at a language academy. Um, And then that got renewed for two years. And then after that, renewed it again for two years. And now we've just renewed it for five years. We're permanent residents. And now now. that five-year visa Mm -hmm. gives us a permanent residency. And then after that, we'll be able to apply for citizenship. So that's how we did it. That's our plan. Uh, It's a long road, but... Yeah. worth it for us well and this episode is not about how to move to spain or Madrid. Not it's about how to visit so why don't we transition to that yeah so let's talk about now our recommendations and our tips yeah so definitely i mean anytime you book a trip the first thing you're going to think about is where you want to stay you know are you going to stay in a hotel are you going to get an airbnb or whatever so we just wanted to highlight a few of the hotels that we think are super relevant to the lgbt community um and so the first one that comes to mind is axa hotel madrid so We've talked about AXA hotels before. They started in Barcelona, I think, in 2004. Um, they're now the largest uh, gay hotel chain, LGBTQ plus hotel chain, and their sort of motto is they're, they're hetero-friendly, right? And so we were actually just staying with them uh, in Miami last week. Um, we hosted our trip in Barcelona at the Axel Barcelona, and we'll be doing the same in Madrid. So whether you travel with us or come on your own, um, it's definitely a great place to go. And even if you don't stay there, they actually have like a rooftop bar. They have um, events and things that you can go and visit uh, just to kind of feel like you're part of the, the community. So that is definitely a recommendation. Um, it's about 10 minutes walk from Truck of the Gay Neighborhood, but it's in a really cool area near all the museums. And That's like kind that. of like, again, goes to show you, though, how gay friendly the city is because it's not in the neighborhood, uh, although it's nearby, but it's in Barrio Letras de las Letras. Yeah. So it's like the literary quarter, mm-hmm. uh, which is an amazing neighborhood as well. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of like the, the gays are everywhere yeah, and all yeah. the gay establishments are all, all over but the yeah, whole you city. Can, you can stumble home from the bar in 10, 10 minute walk. Absolutely. Yeah. And a great uh, place. Yeah. 
The other hotel I will point out, which is not specifically gay like the AXA Hotel, but it's sort of like the de facto gay one, and it was more gay before they even built AXA Hotels, Oscar Hotel, which, which is in the gay neighborhood. So um, that chain, which is a roommate hotel's uh, brand, is actually owned. The the president CEO is actually a, a, a gay man, um, although they're not gay hotels, but, but it's a super cool place. It's right in the heart of Chueca, and they all have an awesome uh, rooftop bar, which you can go to whether you stay there or not. So definitely a recommendation. Um, so, you know, those types of properties, you're going to be paying you know, 150, 200 euros a night. So, you know, they're mid range. They're not, they're certainly not budget, but they give you an awesome experience. If you are looking for something on the budget side. Oh, actually I did want to just quickly mention one more only you hotel, which is a cute boutique uh, hotel. It's not necessarily gay, but it is in Chueca. So you'll find lots of gays there. Um, they have cute uh, restaurant and also a rooftop. Um, so yes, uh, budget options, budget options. So if you're looking for something like, you know, in the 30, 40, 50, up to a hundred euro per night range, there's lots of options. There's actually a couple of hotels in, in Spain. They call them hostal, like H O S T A L not to be confused with hostel. Mm-hmm. That is, that is E L. Mm-hmm. So hostal is like a very low cost budget hotel. And there are a couple of them that are, that are actually uh, LGBT specific. So there's, Hostal Puerta del Sol, which is in the heart of uh, Puerta del Sol, the, the center of Madrid. And you can get a room there for, for super, super cheap. Also, often it's like you have a private room, um, but you might share like a bathroom or something like that. Or if you upgrade, you can get your own bathroom, right? But they, they have much lower rates. Um, there's another one that used to be gay. Now it's not, but it's also in Chueca. It's called Hostal La Zona. So uh, it might as well be gay. It might as well be gay. It's literally around the street from like the corner from one of uh, the Chueca cruising bars, which we'll talk about. So those are some good options. And of course, Airbnb and Mr. B&B, you can find great deals. I think that distinction between, between the hostel and the hostels is really important to, to make clear too, because it's like, if you're kind of over the hostel life, which we are yes. and have been for a number of years and you don't want to share, you know, your space with yeah. other young people partying, but you don't have the budget for yeah. a hotel quite yet. It's the next step. It's, up. Yeah, it is. You want the hostel. With you, it's, it's a private, it's a AL, not yeah. EL. It's a private room, yeah. but it's just very basic. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's a great way to travel. I think that's a good kind of uh, secret to know about traveling around Spain, not just Madrid. Definitely. Um, okay, so when you're in uh, Madrid, the things that you should see or the things that are common for people to go visit, uh, we don't have anything that's like the number one thing, like the like, Eiffel Tower, I don't think, right? Or, or, or like the Sagrada Familia Barcelona, like yeah. the one single iconic If it thing. were anything, it would be the Royal Palace. Yeah. Um, and the Royal Palace is just right in the center, so um, it's easy to go see. So it's definitely worth it. You don't need to go inside. You can go visit the rooms, but if you just, you know, go take a look and a walk around that area, it's very beautiful. And the gardens, the, the gardens are the public gardens. and they're, they're yeah. actually Really it's pretty. beautiful to see from yeah. the exterior and right around there, there's the Almudena Cathedral, um, which is ma- uh, Madrid's uh, main cathedral. Um, again, just beautiful to see from the outside. If you do want to enter the cathedral, you could go up uh, to the dome at the top and get great views of the city and of the palace. And it's only about seven euros. So that's a good suggestion around there. Um, we are known for our art museums as well. We have um, three that are, are... Like world-famous art museums. Yeah. World-famous. Which would be uh, the Prado, um, more um, classic Classical art. Style art yeah. uh, Reina Sofia, which would be a little bit more contemporary. So and that's where, like, some of the famous Picasso paintings are, and they do Dali exhibits uh, at the Reina Sofia. Yeah, the Prado has... Um, Guernica? 
Yeah. Like Picasso, which is like his most famous work. But they also have um, Goya and yeah. Velasquez yeah, yeah, paintings sure. as well. Famous right. artists. We're not. Art We're not our pros. I, I literally just that's, said everything I know. So yeah, that's it. Well, that's what we learned in nine years. And then this one, like, I haven't been able to pronounce in nine years, is the Thyssen Bornemisa. The Thyssen Bornemisa. Bornemisa, also, which is kind of, I think, a mix of, of both the contemporary and classical art. Yeah, and one thing about that art museum um, is they recently started an LGBT-specific guided tour of uh, some of the art and some of the... the I don't, I, we haven't done it yet, um, but I think we'll do it on our hosted trip of Madrid. Um, but I've done something similar like at the Vatican Museum in Rome where it just sort of tells the history of LGBT-inspired art or maybe artists who are LGBT uh, people themselves. Uh, there's also Retiro Park, which would be like our main city park, uh, like Central Park in New York. Yeah. Um, we also have Casa de Campo, though, which is much larger behind the Royal Palace. Not Ret- so much a tourist destination, no, but Retiro. a green area, yeah. but Retiro is worth 100%. visiting. I, agree. I mean, I, I would actually say uh, after the Royal Palace, to me, that's kind of like the number two place. Yeah, and around there, you should see the Palacio de Cibeles, uh, which is really just our city hall now, but it's just Beautiful. It's beautiful. You see the post office, which is yeah. funny. But but back in the you know eighteen hundreds, the post office was like the most important building back then. Did that, that was, used to be the post yeah, office? Yeah, used to be that they built they built the post office. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, and there's also the Puerto de Alcala, which is a, a gate. So right around that it's area, really there's a three good area. Yeah, great to in, see. Instagram spot. Uh, if you want to go um, tapas bar hopping or tapas restaurant hopping, you should go to Calle Cava Baja. C A B A. B-A-J-A uh, Street, which is um, a really good uh, place in the neighborhood of La Latina to go have a tapa and a drink and then go on to the next place so you can try a bunch of things. Yeah, um, We really like markets. That's one thing that we enjoy going to do around, like around food, anywhere. Food markets. Food markets yeah. like, like since not Chicago, food, since yeah. we used to go yeah. to um, that French market in yes, Chicago. Because yeah. we like that when they have the little stalls and you can you know try something uh, and a drink again and then just move on to the next place. Exactly. Uh, so the touristy one and the main one, and it is beautiful and worth going to, is Mercado San Miguel, uh, the San Miguel market. It's a little bit pricey. It's really nice. Yeah, I would say it's one of those places that is definitely touristic. It's touristy when you go there. It feels touristic, but it's still worth going. And I actually still take people there when they visit. It's not so touristy that it's like it's overdone or that it's obnoxious. It's actually still as a local, you wouldn't go there. You would go to other places. Absolutely. But if you do want to go to a market like a local, uh, there's a few that uh, around the center that we really like. I would recommend Mercado San Fernando. Uh, in La Latina, uh, same idea. It's a, it's a market, but that's where all the locals go after work or on the weekends to have a drink and have some food and meet up with friends. Um, Mercado Valle Hermoso is a good one. Um, I think that's in your neighborhood or just north of where just you are. north of Malasana. North of Malasana. Mercado de la Cebada, which is also in La Latina, near uh, that street I mentioned, Calle Cababaja for the tapas. Um, in Chueca, there's Mercado San Anton, which is a little bit more upscale, a little more chic, and therefore a little bit more pricey. Yeah, but it's a nice um, one if you're in Chueca. Very cute. We yeah, actually, we go we there. We go hang there out as there. locals yeah, often yeah, with friends. Um, and then we don't have a lot of money after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's expensive. I mean, it's well from our perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're coming from the states, for if, example, if, North if America, you're spending a few thousand dollars. Anyways, yeah, it's not yeah, that it's bad. It's, it'll be normal. And then the last one, uh, Mercado San. Sorry, Mercado Anton Martin, which is by the Anton Martin Metro station um near lava ps i guess uh that's a really good one too again for just food and drinks but also for shopping for local products 
Um, and then lastly, if you want a, a rooftop option, they just built, um, they didn't, re- they built it. They it's remodeled it. Building that sat empty for yeah. years. It was, I think it's called Edificio España or something like that. Yeah. It's like literally one of the tallest buildings. So there's a new hotel there called Hotel Rue, R-I-U. And that rooftop um, is, is quite beautiful. You get good views. The only thing is it, it is expensive. It can be five to 10 euros to enter it. Whereas yeah. there are other rooftops you can right. go for free. Right. But 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 it, I would actually say I mean it's the highest rooftop in Madrid that and and it's oh, and it? they I have didn't... like and they have like glass bottom floors so okay. I, well, I, I, hate I mean that part. I, I think it's cool I think it's worth it the, the but, time you spend five. I think it's if you go during the week it's either cheaper or free and then you just like buy a drink weekends they probably charge a little bit if more. I'll quickly give a couple other options you could also go to the Radio Rooftop uh, Bar Madrid which is um, by the Reina Victoria Hotel mm-hmm. near Plaza Santa Ana. Um, there they've got a restaurant and you can have a drink there. Um, there's the um, Azotea de Siglo de Bellas Artes. Azotea is a rooftop. So Bellas Artes is um, also you have to pay, but it's like three or four euros. Yeah, so it's, it's cheaper. Um, so those are all. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Palacio de Sabelas near Retiro Park has a rooftop as well. Cool. So let's talk about uh, getting to the gay stuff now. The, yeah, let's get back. To That's the all gay the like gay, gay, yeah, gay. non-gay. Stuff. So LGBT tourism in Madrid. So um, as we all know, we had this big global pandemic, and a lot of things have changed in the tourism world. Lots of things have closed. Previous to the pandemic, I mean, there were tons of gay tours, and in our gay travel guide to Madrid, which you can find on our website uh, or just Google "Two Bad Tourists Gay Madrid," you'll find it. We used to have like five or six listed. Um, they have since either closed or changed or they're in renovation. So we're, we're in the middle of kind of figuring out which tours still exist. There are a few. Um, not just for our Madrid guide, for all our guides, because yeah, all the cities have opened <laughs> yes. and closed. Yeah. But, uh, tours but to and say, but... if you check our Madrid guide uh, in a, in a, let's say by July, I think it'll be updated, but there are still a few um, LGBT specific tours you can do at the Tisim Bazoon <laughs> museum that I mentioned <laughs> Um, and our, our partners, the queer travel, the queer travel.com offers yeah. some LGBT walking tours, um, in the city as well. So, uh, just keep a lookout for that, but there are definitely some, some tours you can do. Um, but one of the other activities that we actually love that we do as locals, uh, all the time, they have a drag queen brunch and bingo that they do at a local restaurant called Lola 09. And they generally do it on like Saturday afternoons, I think around one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's either like twice a month or, or something like that. So, um, if you visit our website, you can find the link or just Google Lola 09 drag queen bingo and you'll find it. It's, it's so fun that they do it kind of like bilingually in English and Spanish Yeah, and it's hosted by two drag queens. Um, and it's just, it's such a fun, it's a fun time. Yeah. So if you don't speak Spanish, you can still go and enjoy it and you should feel included because they try to include people who don't speak Spanish. Um, and if you do speak Spanish, then, then you'll hear a lot of, you'll see a little bit of the Spanish side of drag yeah, as definitely. well. Um, one of the other activities that we recommend, uh, not LGBT specific, but do a food tour in Madrid and specifically do it with, uh, Devour Tours. Um, not only because David works for Devour Tours. I just started. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I actually did their, their food tour, like when we, we first did, yeah. moved here, like eight years ago. We've and been it's promoting the best, them, yeah. uh, for years, years and we went on their tour as just guests. And it just so happens that we, because we know, um, some people who work there and they needed some guides, um, I still happened to start working for them. Um, but 
it's fantastic. We, we've always recommended them. Right. So check them out. Uh, just Google Devour Madrid Food Tours. And David, you have like a discount, Yeah, if right? you go to any of Devour Food Tours, because uh, they're located in Seville, uh, Barcelona, San Sebastian, Madrid, Rome, Paris, and Lisbon, uh, you can use my discount code DAVIDB10 and you'll get 10% off. Okay, so David B, B is in brown, David B10, all, uh, all one word. Uh, yeah, all one word. Cool. Okay, so um, where to eat and what to eat. So some recommendations that we like around the city. Comencita Bar is a popular place for brunch. We're not really known for brunches in Spain or in Madrid. Um, it's just not really a thing. It's But it's one of the few that, that doesn't. Yeah, but there's a few places that do it. There's the directory brunch that we mentioned. Carmencita Bar also does it uh, in Malasania. It's a, a cool neighborhood as well to go uh, visit. So that's one good option. Um, we've already mentioned Mercado San Antonio is a good place if you just want to have some tapas. For uh, a gay restaurant would be Restaurante Vivares, V-I-V-A-R-E-S. It's in Chueca. What's great about that is that they have set menus. So you can have um, the standard menu. So you have um, an appetizer, main course, dessert, mm-hmm. and then like um, a drink included. Yeah, like a, a wine or a beer or yeah. a, like a soda. Uh, and a set price, which is uh, usually quite affordable, around 10 to 12 euros. Maybe? Yeah, I think I think for like lunch, you can get something around 10 to 12. Uh, they're open for dinner. And yeah, I mean, you can you can eat for as little as uh, 12 euros. They even have like a vegetarian the, like yeah, set one, the, which is maybe like 15 euros. But for, for like an all-inclusive price, the I would say it's like an awesome value. I mean, you can certainly find restaurants that have like way tastier food, but they're yes. going to be twice the price. Yes. So if you're looking for something that's like just the perfect budget, it, but like just good enough quality, I mean, we can do want the time. three course yeah, experience, exactly. and, but you can also, time. they do have a gourmet set menu as well. So it's a little bit pricier where you oh, have a little true. bit nicer yeah, option as yeah, well. Yeah. So, um, and it's just, a you know, it is really quite a gay restaurant. So if you want that whole vibe, yeah, if, well, you, if you want to sit around all the, the servers are yeah. super cute. Yeah. Uh, there's El Buo, B-U-O. No, isn't it La Bua? They have two. They First they had El Buo, and now they have La Bua. Ah, but they opened that across Owl? Yeah, it's the Owl. Okay, the owl. But I guess they did so well that they opened a second restaurant right across the street. And it was feminine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, what, what the main thing to get there is the Spanish omelet or uh, tortilla, as they call it here. Um, it's an egg and potato dish that's oh uh, really they well known. Are, and at El Buo, they are two die for the standard thing is you know egg potato and then with or without onion and that standard but then they do all these different takes of like goat cheese or peppers and you get these uh different chorizo you get all these options and they're so amazing so that's a great place to try that in a restaurant setting um if you want more upscale restaurant um there's a place called raimunda r-a-i munda m-u-n-d-a and it's uh got a beautiful outdoor terrace it's near palacio de cibeles Um, I go there for special occasions, anniversaries. My mother and my niece are coming I next recent, month, and I'm taking them. I recently them. went there with the coworker. It's definitely, definitely high on the list. Um, if you're if you're coming on a weekend, maybe try to make a reservation just to make sure you. Yeah, you can make a reservation spot. online. Um, they describe themselves as Ibero American cuisine, which would be like Iberian for the Very, peninsula of Spain and Portugal, yeah. and also American from from the Americas. So, um, yeah, definitely worth it uh, for tapas. La Ardosa is one of our favorite ones, A-R-D-O-S-A. Uh, it's in Malasanya. It's the type of place that you walk into and it's standing. You're going to have the barrels or like shelves on the wall. Yeah. And you're just going to kind of put your drink on the barrel. You're going to create space for yourself. 
and, and when you walk in, it feels like you're in a bar from the 1900s. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it feels super like the decor Everything. has not changed for a hundred years. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's a great spot again for tapas. The tortilla, the Spanish yeah. llama is a good one there. And Samorejo. People think of gazpacho most often when they think of that cold tomato soup, which is really good and common mm-hmm. here in the summer. I personally like Samorejo, which is similar, but they add uh, bread and um, it, it makes it a bit thicker and yeah. they top it with ham and That's boiled it. eggs. Yeah, and the hard boiled eggs, exactly. And the Samorejo is one of my favorite mm-hmm. summer dishes and the olive oil on top as well. Other things, though, that you should try at any place that you are at, if you go to these restaurants or other ones, some dishes you should know that are quite popular around here. Huevos rotos, which means broken eggs. Uh, one of our favorite dishes, it's basically like fried potatoes or even like French, French fries. fries in some cases. Uh, two um, fried eggs and uh, uh, cured ham as well. And am I missing anything? That's it. That's it. Fried eggs, but with the yolks running, right? So yeah. They, they so cut it up and then that's it the idea of, of the broken eggs. Yeah. So you kind of the yolk melts out and that's, that's our go-to for a hangover. Yeah. So good. Uh, it's delicious. I haven't eaten lunch, lunch and you're making me super hungry. <laughs> um, something I really enjoy as well is uh, cathon and adobo. So that is, um, it's like school shark. So it's like a small shark and it's fried and it's marinated in this Moorish marinade and it's just really good. And I recommend that. Um, of course you have to try jamon. The ham here is the most, you know, well-known food product we have in Spain. It's cured. It's made from the Iberian pig. So it's Iberian ham, jamon ibérico. It's really good. Um, but that often overshadows another really great, um, ham, which is called lacon, L-A-C-O-N, which is a boiled ham. And then it's like grilled Mm. and it's from a different pig, but it's also really good served with boiled potatoes, olive oil, paprika. So if you see lacon on the menu, you should definitely get that. And lastly, I also recommend croquetas. Oh my God, my favorite croquetas. Yeah, croquetas are like fried little balls of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Like of of dough almost. It's got, yeah, like a dough inside. It's called bechamel sauce instead of the inside, but it's kind of, yeah, like a doughy thing and uh, often filled with uh, ham, spinach, mushrooms, chorizo, shrimp, cheese. Yeah, it can be different things. Many different things. Um, Really good. You want to make sure you go to a good spot like, um, I don't know, maybe La Adrosa has them as well because they can be hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, Off the markets. A lot of the markets have really good ones. Yeah. Um, And drinks that you should try. Of course, you're going to have the wine because we're known for our wine here. So um, La Rioja is the main region. Not only are we known for wine, the wine is so inexpensive. We just got back from a trip to the U.S. where you pay minimum $8 a glass up to like $15 mm-hmm, a glass. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it kills me inside every yeah, time. Like yeah. when I ordered two glasses of wine, like that was more than my entree. I like died inside. It's insane. In Madrid, you get a glass of wine for like two euros. It's yeah. Amazing. Three. Two, 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 two to three. three yeah. Depending on where you go. Yeah. And, and, and great wine. It's and fantastic great quality, wine. Yeah. And so if you're a red wine drinker, La Rioja is the most common one. Um, but I really like the Ribera de Duero, or you can just call it Ribera. Um, it's a little bit more full bodied and I just, uh, it's my go-to, but uh, you know, people have their preferences, but those are the two most common ones. If you're going to get a red wine, they'll, right. they might ask you which one. And Spain, Spain is definitely a wine country and mm-hmm. not a beer country, right? A thousand percent. So we have Mao and Estrella and some other ones from the South. And basically beer in Spain is all light beer. They, and they just, all taste the same, basically. I mean, for the most part, I think so. So or, yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a Coors Light, yeah. Miller Light, Bud Light. But, it's just going to be nothing amazing. Yeah. Um, but so another thing you can try, though, of course, there's white wine as well. And Verdejo um, is a really common dry white wine that we drink here. Yeah. 
Um, but if you're going to try something that's not just sangria, which, you know, we have sangria and you can try that. It's everywhere. Tinto de Verano is a really common drink here. It's like a summer red wine. It's more authentic, right? It's much the, more authentic. The locals actually that. don't really drink sangria as much. I mean, you would drink sangria at like home if you make it at home. Yeah. I just went to a birthday party with some Spanish friends on Saturday and we had homemade sangria. If you're on the beach, you're going to order a pitcher of sangria for sure. Yeah. But if you're at a bar or you're like out in the city center, it's tinto de verano. Yeah, you're never going to order a sangria. You should order a tinto de verano if you want that. And it's a like half red wine, half like sparkling lemonade. Um, and that will be how, you know, you drink as a local beer, wine, tinto de verano or vermouth. Mm-hmm. Do you like vermouth? Do you drink it here? I like vermouth when it's good quality. Yeah. yeah, and they have it on tap at the bars, so it's a little maybe unusual for for North American that visitors, type of vermouth that's on tap. I do like. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I just started drinking it here in Madrid. It's nothing I would have had before, but you drink it straight up, served with ice, cold, chilled uh, from the barrel. It's delicious. Nice. Well, let's wrap it up with some of the gay bars and clubs. Um, I'm just going to hide name a few of our highlights, some of our favorites, uh, mostly in the Chueca neighborhood. You have Domestique, which is a bar you can go for lunch or dinner, um, like dinner time. It's drinking, obviously. Uh, That's where I like to start. I like to start it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, La Cama is, is a bar. It's a late night bar, but it gets a little bit like, um, it's not a dance club, but it gets like a little bit dancey towards the end of the night. And then after Domestic, I like to go to El- yeah. uh, La Cama and, and because La Cama it's a little bit more vibrant. It's like one of those places that you can go out. Every night of the weekend, will be yeah. busy. But it's good right before you're going to go to whatever main bar. Yeah, bar. and just so you know, like in Madrid and Spain in general, like if you're going out to bars, bars don't actually get busy till like 11 p.m. or midnight, and then clubs don't get busy until after one, so mm-hmm. maybe like 2 p.m. Yeah, you're really not going to go out meeting your friends for drinks until about eight or nine. Yeah, it's everything is starts very late. Yeah. So um, dinner is going to be uh, around nine or ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then just to wrap it up, if you like drag, check out, uh, LALA. So that's just the two letters LL bar. Um, Cazador is, uh, just means hunter. It's another gay bar, but the kind of alternative and then black and white has been around for years. They have, uh, uh, drag shows. Um, and they actually have, um, lots of, uh, twinks or rem that you can, uh, go home. Well, you. and the thing to know there is just be careful if you're at black and white and you're getting hit on by this. Young Twinkie, gorgeous boy. It's most likely a sex worker. Yeah, you might get charged, so just be aware. Definitely. Um, The other thing I would mention, Madrid actually does have a few uh, women-specific lesbian bars. Uh, Felanita del Tal, I think, is like the the bar and dance club. And there's another one. I can't even remember the name, but it's right at uh, Trucka Square, which we actually were there a couple months ago. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get out the metro in Trucka Square, uh, when you walk out, it's, it on your left. Yeah, on it's corner. on the corner. Um, and I can't remember. We could just but, Google it. But uh, David will Google it as we're finishing the episode. But I, that is very unique because, as as I think a lot of us know, there are very few women only spaces these days. So for Midget to have like two or three is actually um, pretty cool. So as David looks that up, I'll just mention the the clubs, the dance clubs. So Delirio is one you can go out any night of the week. Uh, Boite um, is one that's for the weekends. You have Marta Carino uh, would be weekends. And then Cluster is sort of the like dance music, um, like kind of heavy electronic dance music circuit style. Yeah. So we used to go out to Cluster a lot more pre-pandemic. And then we kind of switched it up to Strong. Did you mention Strong? Oh, I didn't even mention Strong. But Strong is, 
has similar style of uh, electronic dance music, but it also has like Europe's largest dark room uh, in the back. Oh, I think well, the dark room is bigger than the dance floor, but it's a massive place. So well, check those out. And I don't think we didn't used to go out to Strong. I don't know if it was as popular as it is now, but it feels like Strong as much. They, At least our friends yeah, are going to Strong they, a lot more. They remodeled more than, it. It looks really that, cool. Oh, that's why yeah. they remodeled it. Yeah. So we kind of switched it up. Instead of going to Cluster, now we go to, yeah. to Strong, which but, is. But they're, both are great. Both cool um, I did find the other uh, oh, lesbian yes. bar, which is called Truco. A um, Truco. Yeah. So um, it's a good place for, for dancing and right in the neighborhood. Definitely. So, and then Madrid being the big gay capital that it is, we also have like monthly parties. So the We Party is kind of the one um, that is held once a month at a, a place, a club called La Riviera. And then they do like festivals during Pride and uh, during New Year. So they're like circuit style uh, dance festivals. Um, and then we actually have a cool thing in Madrid that they do Sunday afternoon, evening. I would say yeah. Sunday evening night parties. So you Somebody the asked me, they're like, do, do people go out on Sundays in Madrid? I was like, do oh people my God, go yeah. out? Do, we have I the mean, best parties yeah. on Sundays. So, and not, uh, not before a holiday, just... Just on a on, Sunday. On I'm like, Sunday. do these people work on Monday? Yeah, so basically, like, the way that it works, normally a club would not get busy until 1 or 2 in the morning. But on Sundays, the clubs get busy at 8 p.m. And there's specific parties. So one is called Chocolate uh, con Churros, and then the other one is called Tonga. And I think they're still doing both of those. Um, I checked. We will, they are too, we'll so update our guide to make yeah, sure that they're still happening. Accurate. And then, of course, wrapping it up, Madrid has tons of gay saunas, cruising bars. I mean, everything you can think about. Boyberry, Strong, Paraiso, Octopus, which is the, the um, gay sauna. But Well, Boyberry is more of a like, cruising bar with a dark yes. room. Paraiso, I would Paraiso say, is, is the, the most main. popular sauna for yeah. probably younger guys. And then Octopus, I think, is more geared towards like um, maybe older guys or, or it's, bears. It's newer, too. It's yeah. only been open for the past couple years it opened right before the pandemic didn't it okay i'm not sure yeah i, I don't know oh, maybe i'm wrong don't quote me on that all right well and then uh wrapping up uh there's a couple of events you should definitely check out madrid for pride um and then there's a well, because event. again we have the largest pride um in, in europe in europe the second largest in the world so, some other festivals mad bear festival sleazy madrid they have a lesbian uh uh uh, film festival. Yeah, which I checked. Um, the dates on that are still to be determined because they're just taking film sub- submissions now, but they it took place uh, November, I think, of last year. Cool. So I assume it'll be November this year. Um, but I'm excited for Pride because it's coming up in a month oh, and so uh, I'm going to take my mom and my niece to yes. it. Uh, what's great about the Pride here is that the whole city comes. It's not just like just a gay thing, you know. Okay. Um, it's, you know, Pride is also, um, you know, depending on where you're from, it can be uh, protesting, right? It can be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, like a protest, like a, yeah, but, or it can be a celebration depending on where your, where your city is, what your city is here. It's a celebration and it's not just for the gays. The whole community comes out, the whole city families. It's great. I love that. Right. Let me just wrap it up quickly. If you're going to end your trip and stay in Madrid, Madrid is great for maybe like a three night stay. If you're going to be here longer, I would suggest taking a day trip to a place, uh, either Toledo Segovia or El Escorial, all three of them are awesome, and they're all within half hour to an hour uh, by train. Toledo is the more popular one because it used to be the former capital of yeah. a larger city for those day trips. But my personal favorite is Segovia because they have an old uh, Roman aqueduct, which is really beautiful, and they have a castle that looks like it's from a Disney movie. Yeah. Um, if you're there, the dish that they're known for is called cochinillo, which is like suckling pig. 
uh, with potatoes, I think. Uh, so most people try this dish. I tried it when I was there. It's okay, but it, it looks still like a baby pig on your plate. <laughs> yeah, I don't like eating things that it's have faces. It's not really, uh, yeah, visually pleasing, but, you know, uh, Toledo, I don't know. Cool. The, the Toledo is known for um, those cookie things. Uh, Mazapan. Mazapan, yeah. Which is like an almond cookie? Almond thingy? cookie thingy. Okay, whatever. Um, did you mess it, mention Barcelona or no? I didn't mention Barcelona, but you can actually do a day trip to Barcelona on the high-speed train. It's about two and a half hours. Uh, so you, if, if you only had a short time and you really desperately want to see it, you could actually do Barcelona in a day trip. It, it, it is possible. You could, if you took the first train in and one of the last hours, I actually met actually... A, an ex-coworker of mine actually did exactly that about a month ago. She came in and we met and yeah. had drinks, had lunch, and then she went back. Yeah, exactly. So it is possible if you, you know, don't, if Madrid is your main base, but you do want to Barcelona, you could do it. You could be, be at the beach as well. Well, so that was a lot of information. Um, thanks so much for listening. If you need a recap on this in text, then it's all up on our blog. You can Google Two Betrist, Gay Madrid, or Gay yep. Madrid Guide, whatever. Yep. It's all online. Um, we're going to make sure everything gets updated uh, for the things that have been closed since, and open since the pandemic. Um, and if you liked the show, as always, please subscribe to it on Colin, and you can give the episode a like with the heart icon once it's published you can follow us on social media we're always at two bad tourists and please feel free to leave us a comment about what you liked about this episode and what you want to hear more of and speaking of hearing uh, hearing more of next week uh we'll give you a little sneak peek so we will actually be coming to you live from greece and not just greece but a gay sailing trip which is a round trip from athens and hitting all the, the islands in that area so we leave in two days. We leave in two days. I'm super all. excited. Um, we're not attacking. I pulled my suitcase out. <laughs> okay, I did the same. So we, we haven't decided exactly what day we will do that podcast, but we'll certainly announce it on social media like we always do. Um, and if you just subscribe to us on call and you'll get the notification uh, when it goes live. So we'll be talking about uh, Greece. And that'll be our second to last episode for season one, because we're going to do our Greece episode live from Greece. And then we're going to do one more episode after that. Um, talking to uh, someone from Source Journeys. Yes, and then that's wrapping up for season one. Yeah, and, then and we'll be back in the in the fall. In the fall, yeah, we're yeah. gonna take a short summer break, and then we'll be back. So until uh, next week, we'll speak again. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.